to the Heiress of Slytherin, a Harry Potter podcast. I'm Micaela, your host. Welcome to episode 42. Today I'm going to be discussing chapter 2 of Harry Potter and a Prisoner of Azkaban, Aunt Marge's Big Mistake. This is a relatively short chapter, but it's fun, especially when I think about the movie scene with this chapter that correlates with this chapter. It's just, it's really fun. But before I get into it, there is some news to discuss. So Daniel Radcliffe, who of course plays Harry Potter himself, he is going to be a dad. He and his longtime girlfriend, Aaron Dark, are expecting a baby. So super excited for him for him and his girlfriend, and he's now going to be the second of the trio to become a parent. The first was Rupert Grint, and now Dan Radcliffe. So Harry and Ron are now dads in real life, or Harry's, you know, going to be a dad, his actor, Dan Radcliffe, because the baby's not born yet, clearly. But I'm excited for him, and I'm excited to see whatever they name their baby. So fun, exciting bit of news to start us off. And of course, before I get into the actual chapter recap, I just want to remind everybody that my email is the heiress of Slytherin podcast at gmail.com. Twitter is at Slytherin pod. Facebook page is the heiress of Slytherin podcast. And this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Anchor, and Pocket Casts. So for a summary of last episode, I discussed chapter one of Harry Potter and Prisoner of Azkaban. And that was titled Owl Post. And it was a really, just a nice, refreshing, simple chapter. I just, you know, of course I love Harry Potter, but it was just a nice chapter. It was just simple and cool. And basically Harry has summer homework he has to do in secret late at night because the Dursleys don't want him to do anything to do with magic. And it happens to be Harry's birthday. So he gets some Owl Post. And he gets presents from Ron, Hermione, and Hagrid. The chapter ends with him getting his Hogwarts letter as well and opening it. And he has a permission slip to be able to visit Hogsmeade. That's a privilege that only third years and up at Hogwarts have. And he has that. But the problem is he needs a parent or a guardian to sign. His parents are dead. (laughs) And his guardians are terrible. And so Harry knows that he has to be like on his best behavior. And he's going to have to somehow convince his aunt or uncle to sign his permission slip so that he could go to Hogsmeade and go to all the cool shops and have fun there. So that's where the chapter ends and Harry decides he's just going to worry about it in the morning. And now this chapter begins in the next morning. So brand new TV for Dudley right off the bat. Um, It was a summer present for Dudley. You know, it's like a welcome home for summer present. And he's actually complaining about it because it's a really long walk from the fridge to the living room so he could go watch TV. But Dudley is complaining about everything and he's just spending most of his time watching TV anyways. And of course, the Dursleys don't wish Harry happy birthday. Not that he expected it. And he's just too used to it. He doesn't even care. So on the television, the news report is about an escaped convict and... They're saying that this person is named Black. That's the last name. The public is warned that Black is armed and extremely dangerous. And there's a special hotline and any sighting should be reported immediately. So this is on the Muggle um, television, the Muggle news, right? So a few things here to connect to past and future events in this book. Or, well, I'll explain it. So basically, last chapter, 
that newspaper clipping from the Daily Prophet that Harry received from Ron in the mail of the Weasley family, including scabbers like on Ron's shoulder. I mentioned that that is the same article that is in the newspaper that Cornelius Fudge is carrying when he goes to Azkaban and he talks to Sirius Black and Sirius asks Fudge if he could have the paper he missed doing like the crosswords or whatever it was in there. And him seeing that picture of Scabbers, who is Peter, he that gave him the will and I guess the motivation to escape Azkaban because he knew he was alive. He wanted to go kill him. So the next morning from Harry, after Harry sees that clipping, right, is when on the Muggle television, they're hearing about an escaped convict called Black. Harry doesn't know that he's a wizard. He just thinks it's a Muggle. He just, it's just on the Muggle TV, right? So that's that. Something else about this part is that in the Half-Blood Prince in the sixth Harry Potter book, so three books from now, really, what's really cool is that first chapter is a little bit more of an insight into the Muggle world and how the Muggle British Prime Minister has to, um, I guess, kind of deal and encounter the ministers of magic. And mainly the, ones he, the one he encounters is Fudge and because, you know, that's who was minister at the time. But it's one of the moments in that chapter, in that first chapter of Half-Blood Prince, where that prime minister, the Muggle prime minister, he recalls Fudge coming and being like, oh, hey, there's this escaped convict, Black, like, put it in your news, right? So that's that connection there as well. But something that's funny is that this is not the first time that Black, Sirius Black, has been mentioned in this series. This is the first book that he's in, this is not the first mention of him. The first mention of him was actually in chapter one of the first book, The Sorcerer's Stone. And I had mentioned in the episode for that podcast that this was like just a really cool Easter egg because the bike, the motorbike that Hagrid goes to get Harry or Hagrid goes to get Harry the night that um, James and Lily die and Sirius Black is there. And he has the motorbike and Sirius gives it to Hagrid. It's like, okay, well, you take the bike if Dumbledore's insisting that you take him to his aunt and uncle or whatever, right? So, and that's where he mentions it. Hagrid mentions that to Dumbledore and McGonagall. Like, oh yeah, this is Sirius Black's bike. I saw him at the house, blah, 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 whatever. So he says it's Sirius's Black's bike. And that's like another big thing. It's like, it's really cool to make those connections. And that's why I love doing this podcast. But that's like you know, past and future events that I was talking about. It's just a lot of information just from that little bit that Sirius Black escaped. So pretty cool. And something Vernon, you know, Vernon is always complaining, always saying things about people, right? And so he's saying that, oh, no need to tell us that he's no good. Just look at him. Look at his hair. And he gives like a sideways look at um, Harry, who's Harry always has untidy hair. That's one of like the characteristics about him, right? And it's always annoyed Vernon so much for some reason. He's so bothered by Harry's untidy hair. And it sounds to me that Vernon is just hating on Harry's hair. And one of the reasons is probably because James had untidy hair. And, you know, Vernon has met James, you know, probably only like I think once in the whole, their whole lives. But they did meet, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm sure they did meet. So, like... He knows that James has untidy hair and now Harry has it. He's, I think he's just hating on it. And now Sirius has it. And he's like attributing it to the three of them, like just untidy hair. Like, I don't like that. And so that's just Vernon. That's just how he is. But the reporter, you know, 
he doesn't say where the escaped convict um, escaped from. He doesn't say where, which jail, like where he came from, what area. And so that makes Vernon like annoyed. He's like, wait, you didn't even tell us where he's escaped from. Like he could be coming up the street right now. And kind of, yeah, because <laughs> you don't know how close he is in this moment. Um, or at least like a few days, about a week from now, he's pretty close, pretty much on the street or at least in a neighborhood, like not far away. But um, that's like another clue there. They're not going to tell you where he's escaped from because he escaped from Azkaban, the wizard prison. They're not going to announce that on muggle television, right? And then Vernon keeps saying like they need to, they need to just learn. Like, when are they going to know that hanging's the only way to deal with these people? And that's like extreme. Like, why? Geez, why is hanging the way to resort to that? Like, it's just, it's kind of crazy. This is 1994 at this point, or 1993. No, it is 1993 at this point. It's not like they're like in, I don't know, 1693 or whenever hangings were a thing, you know? And maybe they still are in some parts of the world. Like, I don't know. I really don't know. But that's just intense. I know it's not part of anything in England. So the fact that Vernon says this really just like, kind of reminds me that yeah he hates magic and he's ordinary and he's a muggle and all that but if take away the fact like say you have vernon take away the fact that he's a muggle and he's ordinary and pretend that he's a wizard he would so be like a nasty mean person and prejudiced kind of like malfoy is kind of how i picture him so i don't know i just vernon's just the worst and we're almost done with him in this book though there's not too much more. There is in this chapter, but beyond this chapter, we don't really encounter him anymore. You know, we don't hear these things he's saying because Harry's at Hogwarts, so it's nice. Or in the next few chapters after this, when he's not at Hogwarts, he's back in the wizarding world. So, you know, we're getting there. We're almost done with Vernon. So Vernon announces he has to leave because Marge's train is going to be in the station soon, like pulling up to the station soon. And Harry right away says like, Aunt Marge, she's not coming here, is she? And Aunt Marge is, it's Uncle Vernon's sister. So it's, I guess it's Harry's aunt, like through marriage, right? So, and he's not a blood relative. It's mentioned here though, like she's not a blood relative to Harry. He's not her blood relative, but he still is forced to call her aunts like all his life. So she lives in the country where she breeds bulldogs and she doesn't visit Prisva Drive often because she doesn't like leaving her um, dogs very often. But unfortunately, vi her visits have always stood out to Harry and not in a good way. So a few of like these visits had some incidences, right? At Dudley's fifth birthday, Aunt Marge had whacked Harry on the shins with her walking stick to stop him from beating Dudley at magical statues, which I think is like magical chairs. And you guys like, even if you haven't been like kicked in the shins or hit in the shins, you've probably bumped into stuff with your shins. Even if it's like a minor hit, like on the back of like a shopping cart when you're walking, I do that like sometimes way too often. I'll just be walking and I'll like walk into the cart and it bumps my shins. It hurts, you know? Even if it's like a minor bump, I still feel it and it's unpleasant to be whacked with a walking stick, deli stick deliberately by somebody else to stop you. Like that's gonna hurt bad. So of course that's a bad incident. I hear and if that's at Dudley's fifth birthday his fifth birthday party. So let's assume that the birthday party was on Dudley's actual birthday or like a few days before or after. 
then that means Harry was still four. He was almost turning five. Either any age, that's just ridiculous to do. Something else that happened a few years later, she turned up at Christmas with a computerized robot for Dudley and a box of dog biscuits for Harry. And then her last visit, um, the last time Harry had seen her was the year before he started at Hogwarts. He accidentally, like, um, stepped on the tail. You know, when people, you know, when you step on a dog's tail or paw on accident, you feel terrible. People don't do that on purpose. You know, not, not sane people, right? So Harry accidentally stepped on that um, dog's tail, her favorite dog named Ripper. And it chased Harry, like, out into the garden, up a tree. And Anne Marge just refused to, like, call the dog off until after midnight. So there's just a few things, you know, that make Harry not like Aunt Marge and make Dudley like her because she loves Dudley and she, like, hates Harry, you know? So she's she's just terrible. And it's just another example of how awful Petunia is because you're allowing your husband and your son and yourself to act like this towards your nephew, your sister's son, and you're also allowing... Um, your husband's sister, your sister-in-law to do so. It's just, it's terrible. Petunia is absolutely awful. So Vernon announces that Aunt Marge, she's going to be there for a week. And he says, like, speaking of, like, we need to get something straightened out with her. So he tells Harry that he needs to, like, be nice. And he says you need to keep a civil tongue in your head when you're talking to her. So that basically means, like, no attitude, no sass or anything like that. And Harry says, all right, if she does when she's talking to me. And a line like this that was slightly altered for the movie is when he says, I will if she does. And he, oh, he says it, he just says it's so good. I love it. That whole scene, like line delivery, there's so many good ones. But the second thing he says, he pretends he doesn't hear Harry's reply. <laughs> but he says that Marge doesn't know anything about your abnormality is what he calls it, as if it's like some sort of disease. And of course, she doesn't know the Dursleys would never tell anybody. And they've told March that he attends St. Brutus's Secure Center for Incurably Criminal Boys. That's where they're saying he goes to school. And Uncle Vernon says that he needs to stick to that story or there's going to be trouble. So Harry's just furious and he just can't even believe it. He's like, this is the worst birthday present the Dursleys have ever given him. Even worse than the pair of Uncle Vernon's old socks they gave him one year. Because Aunt Marge is coming to visit for a week. Like, that's not going to be fun. So Dudley does not want to accompany his dad to the train station because he's watching TV. Plus, Petunia says he needs to get ready for his aunt's arrival. He has a new bow tie she's going to put on or whatever. So Harry's just kind of sitting there in a horrified sort of trance is how it's described. But then he has an idea because he remembers his permission slip. He needs it signed. So he runs up to go um, talk to his Uncle Vernon. And Uncle Vernon rudely says, I'm not taking you. And Harry says, like I wanted to come. Like, come on, let's be serious here, Vernon. He says that he wanted to ask him something. And he starts by saying third years at Hogwarts. But then he knows, like, he doesn't want the mention of Hogwarts. But he says that third years at his school are allowed to visit the village sometimes. And he says that he needs him to sign the permission form. And Vernon's like, well, why would I do that? He's like, why wouldn't you? Who cares? He's not going to be there. He's going to be at school. Why do you, like, you just want him to be unhappy and miserable. Like, Vernon is the worst. But Harry decides to choose his words carefully. And he says, well, it'll be hard work pretending to Aunt Marge. I go to St. What's-its and then interrupts him. (laughs) 
Vern interrupts him with the St. Brutus is Secure Center for Incurably Criminal Boys. Like, you know, because if Harry doesn't know the name, that's going to be suspicious, right? And Harry's like, well, exactly. It's a lot to remember. I've got to make it convincing. I don't want anything um, accidentally, like, letting slip. I got to I gotta be convincing to her, right? I don't want to forget. And so Vernon's all mad and everything. And, you know, Vernon threatens to knock the stuffing out of him if he does. And Harry responds with, well, that's not going to, you know, help her forget what I told her or whatever. Or whatever I tell her. And then Harry says, but if you sign my permission form, like, super quickly, he's like, I got to get my words in here. Um, if, like, Vernon signs his permission form, he'll remember where he goes to school. And he says that he'll act like he's normal and everything. He starts to say muggle, but he knows he's not supposed to use that word. So you can tell that Vernon's, like, thinking it over. And he decides that I'll monitor you and your behavior during this week when she's here. Um... And if you've kept to the story, I'll sign your form. So Harry's like, okay, he just kind of knows. And he slowly gathers up all his presents. Like he goes back up to his room, slowly gathers all of his cards and his presents and everything. Um, and he hides them under the loose floorboard um, with his homework. He actually um, goes to Hedwig's cage. Errol recovered overnight. He had to like sleep there for the last few hours and just recover because he was struggling. And, um, him and Hedwig are both asleep, but he wakes them up and he says that you're going to have to go like off for a week, go with Errol. He says that he'll send a note. So he writes a quick note out to Ron, um, to have him look after you. And this is smart. And this is also so great that Harry has a friend like this. If he were to do with Hermione, she would have done it too. But, um, going with Ron, you know, Errol can, they can just like fly together on that journey and they'll be taken care of. So, you know, Hedwig's eyes like you know they look reproachful but Harry's like it's not my fault it's the only way that I'll be allowed to visit Hogsmeade with Ron Hermione so you just got to go do this and Harry writes out the notes to Ron attaches it to um Hedwig and or Errol I don't know probably Hedwig but he attaches it to one of the owls and they go and leave and yeah kind of sad Harry's sad but he knows that he's doing this that he could go to Hogsmeade and that it could you know, seem a little bit more normal and not any questions about any potential owl screeches she might hear, even though Hedwig is a great owl and she's not like that. Harry does not have much time to sulk because pretty soon after that, Vernon arrives with Marge and Petunia tells Harry to get the door and, you know, just a big feeling of dread, but Harry opens the door. There's Aunt Marge. She described to, you know, kind of pretty much look like Aunt Uncle Vernon. She even has a mustache, um, is how she's described. Not as bushy as Uncle Vernon's, but she also has, um, her bulldog with her, right? And it's, um, Ripper. It's that one that chased Harry, right? That's her favorite bulldog. And right away, she just says, where's my debtor? She's looking for Dudley. And he comes down the hall and he allows Aunt Marge to give him a hug and a kiss. And Harry knows that he's only tolerating Marge's hugs is because he's being paid for it. Like, <laughs> Aunt, like Aunt Petunia gave him like a crisp 20 pound note, like money. So he's being paid to hug, to hug his aunt. <laughs> so, and Marge, she just ignores Harry. She just walks right past him. She's like, oh, Petunia. Like, you know, um, she's greeting, greeting Dudley and Petunia, but not Harry, of course. Not that Harry really cares. But... Uncle Vernon is like coming in now and he's like, okay, can I get you tea? What does Ripper want? 
And she says, Ripper can have some tea out of my saucer. That's disgusting, but that's what she's doing. And that's just like what she's used to with all her dogs. And speaking of her other dogs, Uncle Vernon asks her, like, who's looking after the other ones while you're here? And she says that she has Colonel Fubster managing them. And that he's retired and, like, it gives him something to do. And she just couldn't leave Ripper, so that's why she brought him with her. And Colonel Fubster is just, like, someone who's a colonel, obviously, in the army or whichever it is. And he's retired. And Marge actually likes him. She has, like, a crush on him. Um that's like canon from somewhere. I think it's wizarding world. What used to be, um, Pottermore. It's now wizardingworld.com. I think it was on there, but that was canon. But yeah, then, um, Ripper starts to growl at Harry and this directs Anne Marge's attention to Harry. And she says, still here, are you? And he says, yes. And she says, don't you say yes in that ungrateful tone. It's damn good of Petunia and Vernon to keep you. Wouldn't have done it myself. You'd have gone straight to an orphanage if you'd been dumped on my doorstep. And, you know, and this is, again, in the movie, just great line delivery. And that's, like, the voices I hear when I, like, read these parts. Um, but, you know, Vernon Petunia could not do that. Petunia especially knew why. Dumbledore wrote her a letter ex- explaining why it could not happen. And he does another one in two years when Vernon tries to kick Harry out and then Dumbledore sends a letter to Petunia that says, remember my last. And that is those three words are all that Petunia needs to be like, Vernon, we, we can't, we cannot, he needs to stay here. So, you know, he can't go to an orphanage March. You'll never understand, but he just can't. And so then Harry smirks at her and she's like, don't you smirk at me? Like, you haven't improved since the last time I saw you. That school hasn't knocked any manners into you. And she asks if they use a cane at St. Brutus's. And Harry says, yes. And um, asks, have you been beaten often? And Harry says, oh yeah, loads of times. And again, like this part in the movie is so good. Um, this is actually like what I'm thinking of again. Like th- these are the lines I hear when the actors are saying them. What are you smirking at? Where did you send the boy, Vernon? St. Brutus's. It's a fine institution for hopeless cases. They use a cane at St. Brutus's, boy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've I've been beaten loads of times. Mm. So it's just those, like, parts where I'm just, like, constantly hearing them in my head as I do these rereads. It's just so fun um, because adaptations were just so great. Especially Prisoner of Azkaban. I love Prisoner of Azkaban. I said it before, and it's one of my favorites. Just book and movie. It's, It's so good. So, yeah, even though Harry has not been beaten with canes at his school, he has to pretend he is. And, you know, Harry says it in just Harry's voice and Marge doesn't like it. She says that she still doesn't like your tone. They clearly aren't hitting you hard enough. And Petunia, I'd write if I were you. Make it clear that you approve the use of extreme force in this boy's case. So, yeah, not great. Vernon decides to change the subject by asking March if he heard if she heard of the news this morning about that escaped prisoner and everything. So that whole week, Aunt Marge decides to really make herself at home. And he Harry just like wants to stay out of the way. He's too happy to stay out of the way because he needs that permission slip signed. But March, however, she wants Harry like under her eye at all times. She keeps saying suggestions for his improvement. She's comparing Dudley to Harry. 
um, or I guess she's comparing Harry to Dudley is the proper way to say it. And she loves buying Dudley expensive gifts while like glaring at Harry and like, you know, wanting him to ask why he didn't get a present too, even though Harry just does not care. But she just keeps like throwing out hints at why she thinks that Harry is not someone who's up to her standards. Like she's just beyond rude. She just wants him there to say mean things about him. She's just awful. Like she's telling Vernon, like you mustn't blame yourself for the way he's turned out. If there's something rotten on the inside, there's nothing anyone can do about it. Harry just tries to concentrate like on what he's doing. What's his task right now? It's to get that form signed. He needs to just focus on the task at hand, which is getting that form signed. Literally like nothing else. That's what he has to get through. Just get through this week and everything. But she just says really rude stuff. She even like, as she's talking, she says, it's one of the basic rules of breeding. You see it all the time with dogs. If there's something wrong with a bitch, there'll be something wrong with the pup. And in that moment, the wine glass that she's holding explodes. And everyone's like kind of surprised by that. But it was Harry. Harry's a wizard. He can make things happen. So yeah, she actually says that she did the same thing the other day at Colonel Fubster's. Like she just has a firm grip. Again, like this part in the movie is so good. I could be playing like the clip again of this scene that happens like but it's just so good but you know petunia and vernon are both looking at harry suspiciously because they're like that's kind of weird like you know she says something like that and then the cup explodes so he decides to just like you know excuse himself and just go out into the hall it's been a long time since he's lost control and done anything like that that usually happens um to kids who aren't necessarily sure if they're wizards yet like they make things happen um, for instance, Harry, his hair would just like grow no matter how terribly Petunia cut it. His hair would just grow like overnight, just back to his messy, long, untidy hair. But yeah, he lost control like that. And, um, Hogsmeade wasn't the only thing that's at stake because if that keeps happening, he gets, keeps losing control. He's going to be in trouble with the ministry of magic because underage lizard wizards aren't allowed to do, um, magic outside of school. That's against the law. And he, he just thinks to himself his record isn't really clean because um, he got an, a, war a warning last year, actually, an official warning from the Ministry of Magic. Um, and if he gets in that warning, it was stated very clearly that if they find out Harry's doing magic outside of school again, that it, he would face expulsion from Hogwarts. Even though that wasn't Harry, that was Dobby the house self doing that magic. But he just knows he just has to like remain under control. Something too I want to mention, I really liked this part in the movie um, because at that moment, Harry tells her to shut up and I like that, you know, he sends her like blowing up. He does send her blowing up like big as a balloon in this chapter too, but I think the sequence in the movie, it, I mean, not that this chapter doesn't make sense, but in the movie you have to shorten things up, you know, but it's like a short and sweet, like satisfying, like, okay, you're as big as a balloon now. You're being rude. I lost control. Here you go. Whatever. Like, I like how it's just concise in the movie. So these next three days of Marge's stay at the um, Dursley's house, Harry has to get through it by forcing himself to think about his new handbook of do-it-yourself broom care whenever Marge like starts to like say things on him. And it kind of works well, um, because he just gets like a glazed look and Marge starts to think that he's like mentally subnormal. She starts to voice that opinion. 
So at long last, it's the final evening of Marge's stay and Petunia cooks a fancy dinner. Um, it's a few courses. Uncle Vernon uncorks a bunch of bottles of wine and everything. Um, and then Uncle Vernon brings out a bottle of brandy. And so, of course, Marge accepts, even though she already had a lot of wine. Harry just, like, wants to disappear to his room more than anything. He just wants to get out of there. But, of course, she just needs to keep saying things and just being a mean person. So one thing that she says about Harry is this one's got a mean runty look about him as if he were like a dog. That's like things people say about dogs. And she knows it. And she even says like, you get that with dogs. And she had Colonel Fubster drown one last year. Ratty little thing it was. Weak, underbred. Like that's just evil. You're just going to drown dogs. You're going to have somebody else kill a dog for you. Like this, this, the Dursleys are bad news. And it's, oh my gosh, she's just the worst. And that's just a terrible thing to know that she had someone drown a dog because it was runty looking. Like she just, she sucks. She's terrible. So Harry tries to remember specifics of his book because he doesn't want to get angry. For instance, he's trying to remember page 12 of his book, A Charm Secure Reluctant Reversers. So that's what the um, chapter is for that book. And then the next thing that Marge says is it all comes down to blood. As I was saying the other day, Bad blood will out. And that reminds me very slightly of pure blood ideals. You know, that's how pure blood wizards um, kind of think. Like, once blood is tainted, it's kind of tainted forever. If, um, um, you know, if your history of like blood traitors, that's how pure bloods think. Or not all pure bloods, just the mean ones, like the Malfoys and um, the Lestranges and the Blacks, except for Sirius Black. And then Marge proceeds to talk about Petunia's sister, Harry's mom, Lily. He says, or sorry, Marge, she says, but your sister was a bad egg. They turn up in the best families. Then she ran off with the wastrel, and here's the result right in front of us. I might be saying that wrong. Wastrel, wastrel, I'm not sure. But that's what she says. And Harry, you know, he feels like a ringing in his ears, and he keeps trying to remember specific sentences of the book. And... It's, it's terrible. Like Petunia really just allows, like, she's really allowing this woman to say something about her sister, estranged or not. Like, what is wrong with you? She is, oh, she's terrible. But she really does say that um, right in front of Petunia as if it's like some sort of like, oh, it's not your fault. Your sister was like a bad egg, you know, and that's Harry's mom. And then she has to say stuff about Harry's dad. So of course that's going to trigger Harry and make him angry. And so she says, this Potter, you never told me what he did. And Vernon and Petunia both look tense. It's possible Petunia's kind of tense too because of what she just said about her sister. But I don't think it's enough to like show that. Maybe it's, it's just more tense because she doesn't want Vernon to be upset and Harry to like reveal himself, right? So Vernon says that he didn't work. He was unemployed. And Anne Marge says like, oh, I expected that. A no account, good for nothing, lazy scrounger. And Harry cuts her off. He says he was not. And the table was just quiet. Harry is shaking all over. He's so angry. In fact, the next sentence is, he had never felt so angry in his life. He is just furious. And he should be. This lady is terrible. Like, why are you going to talk about Harry's parents and think it's okay? 
And how is Petunia going to allow that? I think it's okay. Like I have said it so many times and I will always say for my whole life, Harry's aunt Petunia, who was his mother's sister, she, oh my gosh, Petunia is like one of the worst characters. I would say like top three or five worst characters, honestly. I don't know if she's the number one worst one because of course you got to say like Voldemort, Umbridge, Bellatrix, they're pretty bad. But also Petunia, she's bad too. And yeah, she's not um, a witch. She doesn't have magic, but she sure wished she did. And she is just the worst. She's so rude. And I, I just, oh my God, I can't stand her. <laughs> but this is like another example. You're letting this woman just talk about your sister like that. It's just so bad. So Vernon, he yells more brandy, like in all caps. He just yells more brandy because he's like, okay, let's get her like, you know, just to drink some more brandy to calm down a little bit. And he tells Harry to go to bed. But Aunt Marge, who's like hiccuping and everything, she says, no, like, um, don't, no, Vernon, like, don't worry, whatever. Um, you're proud of your parents, aren't you? They go and get themselves killed in a car crash. And she's, and she says drunk, I expect. And Harry says they didn't die in a car, in a car crash. And now Harry is standing up. Like he's just furious and it's just, it just keeps escalating. And so Anne Marge is yelling, screaming at him saying they die in a car crash, you nasty little liar, and left you to be a burden on their decent, hardworking relatives. That is all a lie. That whole sentence. They did not die in a car crash. Harry is not a nasty little liar. And they did not um, leave him to be a burden. And they don't ha- he doesn't have decent, hardworking relatives. So everything she said in that sentence is literally a lie. Like, I cannot stand Marge. She even makes me mad, like, thinking about it. Like, um... I know last week's episode, I had said that I was like getting over a cold and I was still kind of sick. My voice wasn't back to normal and it still isn't. But like, I can tell now that I'm like speaking louder. It's, it's my voice is a little bit more like cleared up just because I'm getting so like mad for Harry. I'm like angry with him at March. But, and then she says like, you are an insolent, ungrateful little and whatever she was going to say, she um, does not keep saying it. Because, and Harry is no longer thinking about his Quidditch book. Like he's just angry and this is where he loses control. So she seems, she just starts to like, she stops speaking and she starts to swell. It's like, it's it's anger and it looks like she's just swelling with anger, but the swelling isn't stopping. Like her face is all red and it's expanding. It's stretching. She can't speak because her mouth is like stretched too tightly to speak. And the next thing you know, several buttons burst from her jacket. They hit the walls and she's just inflating like a monstrous balloon. Um, Like her fingers are blowing up. Like her whole body is just swelling. She's just completely round now. Like just like a buoy, like a a floating thing with tiny little eyes. But everything else is like big and swollen and um, stretched out. And it's, it's crazy that Harry did this and I'm proud of him because she deserved it. She deserved more than this, but it's not great for Harry because this is the moment where he loses control and he's not supposed to. And this was him doing magic. This is him breaking the law. So she starts floating up like a balloon, drifting towards the ceiling. Vernon tries to grab like one of her legs and pull her down, but Ripper like leaps up and um, bites Vernon and Vernon lets go. And Harry just runs, sprints up to his um, room and actually, before he goes to his room, he goes to um, the cupboard underneath the stairs and it magically bursts open. He's just mad and he just makes it burst open with magic on, you know, 
he gets his trunk out of it and um, he sprints up the stairs and he gets all his stuff that he was hiding like under that loose floorboard. He grabs his pillowcase full of his books and his birthday presents. He grabs Hedwig's empty cage. He runs back downstairs, throws his stuff in his trunk. And um, as he comes downstairs, Vernon's screaming, like bellowing at him, come back in here, come back and put her right. And Harry says, she deserved it. She deserves what she got. You keep away from me. And behind him, the, the door's right behind him because like the front door. And he just like fumbles with the lock like behind him. And he says, I'm going, I've had enough. And next thing he knows is he's out in the dark, quiet street. His heavy trunk is just behind him. Henrik's cage is under his arm. And that is where the chapter ends. And good for Harry. I wish he would have used magic on the rest of them, if I'm being quite honest. They all deserve to be blown up like that. But that would have been like even more of a loss of control and Harry would have gotten even more trouble. And this is already a lot of trouble that he's going to be in, or at least he thinks he's going to be in. Because again, like he broke the law. He used magic. He's an underage wizard who cannot use magic um, outside of school. I mean, there is that caveat of if your life or someone else's life is in danger or whatever, but that's not the case here. Harry was just furious and lost all control and it happened, but it's like, you have this lady who's saying these really rude, terrible, awful, evil things like about drowning a dog, having someone drown a dog, and then about his parents. While his parents, one of his parents' sisters is in a room, like his mom's sister, like it's just absolutely terrible. And it makes me so angry, but I'm glad he's out of there now. I'm glad he doesn't get expelled. Um, <laughs> he's Harry Potter. He's not going to get expelled. Uh even when he does get expelled, he gets right back into school. So that's in the fifth book. But the reason he doesn't get expelled for using magic in this moment is because Sirius Black is looking for Harry or so the ministry and a bunch of wizards think. So yeah, that's the chapter. And I am so glad we're done with the Dursleys. And I am excited. We only got them for like one chapter, this book, which is pretty nice. <laughs> we only had to deal with them for this chapter too. And next week's chapter is going to be fun because Harry is stressed out. He's like, he doesn't really know what to do. He's thinking like, oh, I'm going to be expelled for sure. Like, what am I going to do? I'm not going back to the Dursleys. Maybe I can stay at Hogwarts kind of like Hagrid does and work as like his gamekeeper apprentice. Like I got to find a way to like do stuff. Like it's, it's going to be fun. It's a cool chapter. Again, another chapter with some iconic quotes in line delivery. So I'm for sure going to have to play some clips from that um, scene in the movie. So, oh, it's just so good. Um, but yeah, next chapter for next week's episode is chapter three of Harry Potter and Prisoner of Azkaban, The Night Bus. So make sure you read that in preparation for next episode. And if you want to email me, you can do so at the Aeros of Slytherin podcast at gmail.com. Twitter is at Slytherin pod. Facebook page is the Aeros of Slytherin podcast. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Anchor, and Pocket Casts. You guys can leave a donation or a voice message through the Anchor link. And if you want to leave a review on any platform you listen to, that'd be great too. Also, you can let me know if there's any platform um, that you listen to for certain podcasts that I'm not on there. Go ahead and let me know and I can try to get the, this podcast put on there as well. 
But make sure you guys read chapter three of Harry Potter Prisoner of Azkaban for next week. It is called The Night Bus, and it's going to be so much fun. Thank you for listening to The Heiress of Slytherin, a Harry Potter podcast. I'm Ella, your host. Thank you.